and welcome to Real Dudes Podcast. I'm your host, Carrington, and today I've got Donovan. Hello. Donovan, how are you this morning? I know it's unusual, but we're recording in the morning. Yeah, uh, a little more tired than what I thought it would be. <laughs> it's just been, because it was like there was a storm last night, and it still hasn't quite passed yet, so it's still super gray. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, the sun isn't even out yet. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of rough this morning. Uh, but, you know. I was excited. Once Once I got out, I was like, I'm ready to go. Yeah, same, same. So today we have a special guest. Uh, for all you video watchers, you guys can see who our guest is. But for all you audio listeners, we have a special guest, uh, Rob Hawkins. He was the lead singer of a band called The Automatic, who was a huge part of our teenage years, uh, that band was. Rob, how are you this morning? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. You are very welcome, Rob. I can't tell you how thankful we are to have you on the show. If you were to roll back the time like 10 years and tell us we would be here right now, we wouldn't believe it. That is very sweet of you. Thank you for having me on. It's nice to be here because I'm, I'm, I'm not famous anymore. No one remembers. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really cool to hear that. It's really nice. Oh, you're, you're very welcome. Um, before we get started, I just want to say real quick, like even our band, because we had a band between myself, my brother Donovan, and mm. our sister Brianna. Uh, we were called Cast Aside. It was based on that first line in no. the song Raul. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. I've never thought we'd kind of inspire something like that. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. should have thought harder about the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those things. We were like, man, we were sitting on what should we call ourselves? And then we were like, we love Automatic. Why not do Cast Aside? Because we love that, that song Raul. Yeah, that was it's like. A pretty, it's a pretty good band name, actually. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I mean, you should be proud of yourself. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll take credit for that. <laughs> so speaking of your band, like, what was, how did you guys get started as a band, like the Automatic? What, what, what are the humble beginnings for you guys? Oh, so, so we went way, way, way back. So I knew one of our guitarists since I was five. So we, we went to the same school together mm -hmm. and just uh, we're, we're, we're best friends and, 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 and knocked around together and did tons of creative things. And then we met um, the drummer when we were both 11. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh yeah we, we we've known each other forever we were friends first and we used to do things like uh record comedy shows on on tape and things like that and just general creative things and write things that we thought were really funny but almost certainly were not and then <laughs> i think te teenage years hit and uh we were all rock music fans and um and it was just like right we're gonna be a band now and i don't think any of us well yeah james uh the guitarist plays guitar so he was a guitarist uh the you uh, and the drummer, uh, he'd played timpanis in the school orchestra, I think. So obviously he was going to be the drummer. So I was, I was left with bass by 12. <laughs> okay. But it's, it's just that thing of, we, you know, have, have basically zero musical talents at that point. But we're going to be a band. It's going to work. And uh, teenage confidence soars through. <laughs> so how do you guys go from, like, just high school uh, bands to actually performing in front of people and crowds and getting an album recorded and all that stuff like how did you guys decide to make that that jump uh, personally um so i think we we kind of had a vague idea that a band should have a manager so we sort of wrote to uh, so we grew up in a small town uh in south wales um called cowbridge um that's just outside uh cardiff the capital and so we wrote to a few people in in um in Cardiff, and uh, one replied. I think we'd, we'd put together a, a terrible demo, <laughs> which we sent around, and um, uh, which we'd recorded with pocket money or something like that. And um, uh, 
what yeah one 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 guy responded and said um yeah i'd like to let you guys use my studio and you can rehearse here for free and we'll kind of go from there so from that point on we just spent every weekend going to cardiff uh in someone's car (laughs) full of of sort of half broken equipment and um uh, and just rehearsed and wrote all the time and that's kind of that set the pattern for how we uh how how we wrote and how how we operated from then on really it was always going into a room and jamming and then after a few hours, someone would say, hey, 40 minutes ago, you played something that was quite good. So let's go and revisit that. And uh, so we always do things collectively. I think we played in, we'd pl- uh, played in youth clubs uh, mm-hmm. before then. We, we, we didn't really do a lot of gigs before we got signed. So we'd done a couple of things around South Wales. And I think there, because we were very young, uh, we were all under 18, I think, at the time mm-hmm. we okay. uh, got our manager. So just logistically, you can't go and play in a, bar serving alcohol <laughs> um, because we were children mm-hmm. so uh, yeah we played a few there was an event called Teen Spirit uh, on in, in, in a club called Barfly in Cardiff and uh, we played a few of those and that was specifically for, for um, under 18s bands um, so there was a bit of cutting our teeth there but really I think we'd done maybe 30 gigs before we actually got signed so we spent uh, spent a year uh, in our manager's studio, um, writing and recording things, and um, towards the end of that, we 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 came up with Monster, mm-hmm. uh, and we'd kind of given ourselves a gap year before going to university to try and try and do something with it. And um, uh, our manager heard Monster, and we we just kind of thought, ah, it's kind of you know, a bit, bit, bit of a cheesy pop song, mm-hmm. and had no idea what, <laughs> what we had at all. And uh, our manager did, and you could see his eyes go wide, and uh, and that got sent out to uh, various record labels. And he put um, put on a show a showcase uh, again in Cardiff Barfly. I got so much history of that place; it doesn't exist. Anymore, but... <laughs> oh no! Oh, okay. uh. Just a, well, it, it, it's sort of uh, only a bad thing from a nostalgia point of view. It was a bit of a hole in the ground, really. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> a lot of fun. A lot of fun was had there. And um, um, yeah, so he put on the showcase, and I think twenty A and R guys said, "Yeah, we'll come along and have a look." And only one bothered to leave London, and he said, "On the night, yeah, I'd like to sign you guys." So we must have done something right. Um, wow, <laughs> we we got quite lucky mm-hmm. quite quickly, um, and then it was uh, all a big explosion from there. Um, I think there was some discussion as to whether we take time to kind of mature as a band first, but the mm-hmm. record label said, "No, let's just go for it and try and make as much money out of you as we can." <laughs> You know, I understand their motivation. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So is that like one of the first songs that you guys wrote uh, initially, like Monster, or was it a couple of other ones that was on the uh, Not Accepted Anywhere album? Oh, that's oh, good question. Um, I think... Uh, I honestly can't remember. I think we wrote a couple more, but I can't remember which ones they were. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think I was, so I was 19 when I wrote that song. <clears throat> I say I wrote that song when we wrote that song <laughs> and uh, it, it uh, goes an entire career but it was so long ago it was one of the mm. first things we did you know um, uh, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to remember and no it's it, it's not it's not oh you're good, good. <laughs> it's all good I think it was all written around that sort of time anyway <laughs> gotcha uh, so about how long after you guys got signed were you guys able to drop your first album first official album so we got signed at the end of 2005, uh, sometime around the autumn of then, and it was June 2006, I think, that the first album came out. Uh, so it was pretty fast. So we were, 
in studios pretty much immediately recording things uh, all over the UK. Um, then we went out on tour with uh, the Ordinary Boys and Hardfi and a few of the kind of big indie bands from that time. Um, when did we do that? It's really hard to remember at this point. That's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so remember the individual gigs, but the timelines are a bit fuzzy, to be honest. Um, yeah, so it was all extremely fast. So when Monster became a hit, because that's how we heard you guys was yeah. Monster. Mm -hmm. what was that like to hear your song on the radio and all over the place and just kind of go from these guys that started in the, you know this 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 band many years ago now you guys are just starting to all of a sudden boom there's popularity yeah it's really surreal uh the i think the i remember the first time i heard someone else singing our song and we played a, uh we just played a gig in oxford uh, and we were in a hotel room, me and the drummer, and we had the window open, and we heard someone sing the chorus out the window, and I think our jaws just dropped. We just, <laughs> it was just an astonishing moment, like, holy hell, people have heard the song, people are singing it, this is, mm -hmm. this is a thing that's happening now, this is real. Um, and then we, we can't avoid hearing it now. <laughs> people text me when they hear it on the radio and things like that. I was going to say, do people still listen to it, or hear it, uh, do you still hear people listening to it today? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, um, nice. it's usually a bit of a spike around Halloween. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it still gets it still gets a lot of airplay actually. Uh, so you get the royalty statements coming in every so often, and you oh, nice. get to see where all the plays have come from. And that's mm -hmm. I mean, Monster makes more than everything else put together, which is no great surprise. But the um, uh, it's sort of like thirteen pence from Radio Venezuela or something like that, and then mm -hmm. a bit more from over here. So it's kind of solid play all over the world, which is oh, that's is really, really cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People used to ask uh, if I resented the song, and uh, I, do, I guess I don't really feel it was particularly typical of what we did. I think it was a bit mm -hmm. of an outlier, but it gave us an entire career. So yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna regret it. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, so we Donovan and I used to work at in an amusement park here in Ohio called Kings Island, and every October they have something called the Haunt, which is like their Halloween themed time of the year that they do Halloween stuff. Mm -hmm. And when they would open at 7 p.m., they would open with Monster. And I'm like, and so every every October, oh, yeah. we heard it. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, every October, oh, we got to hear it. I'm like, man, this is so weird. But it was cool <laughs> to hear, like, your guys' music, not just from us discovering you. But, yeah, it was just, I mean, they still play it every October to this day. I, I, I think. Wow. I can't remember. Don't. Yeah, I, I don't know too many people who are still working there, so I can't. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. Last time, my last year was 2014. They're still playing it in 2014, right. though. So yeah, it was, it's it's kind of crazy because like hardly anybody knows like the band. So I felt like the most hipster of all hipsters yeah. at that time. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I know this band. <laughs> yeah, the wave of UK indie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the songs always be more famous than the bands. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, we we weren't getting recognized in the street too much. So. A little bit. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's cool. Because just to shape a little bit, because because uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like after you guys got you dropped not accepted anywhere, it then went to uh, well, this is a fix, right? Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, so you had a new member. So how did that how did that album all come together? Yeah. Um, so I think we matured enormously. Well, kind of just as human beings, but uh, mm -hmm. music musically um, from from a lot of touring. I think. Uh, I might be exaggerating slightly, but we did something approaching 300 gigs in a year. Wow. Uh, yeah, just an enormous amount. Um, 
and at some point you have to get back into a studio and start writing again and it's the old truism that you have your entire life to write your first record and then three weeks to write the second or something mm -hmm. um but yeah in the meantime so uh alex penny who was with us for the first album uh left um we we were really not getting along at that time mm -hmm. so um yeah without going into that uh it couldn't have continued with him mm -hmm. um, but around the same time there was a band called your code name is milo um who were mm -hmm. kind of math rock i guess uh, mm -hmm. probably math rock stuff from from newcastle uh now paul will kill me it's sunderland <laughs> 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 uh, um uh, they just split up so i think a few of them had kids and it just it wasn't going to be a thing they could all commit to anymore um mm. and again our a and r guy knew paul and we'd we'd played with him um for an album of collaborations they did called print is dead and um so we've met before and we knew we got along and he just suggested why don't you join them and carry on being a musician um and uh paul said yes because you know food and money and things like that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, he, but he came down to jam with us and uh, and um it, it all went pretty well and and uh so he moved down almost immediately and he He's a fantastic musician um, and an excellent singer as well. Uh, I, I used to struggle to sing. Uh, I just kind of burnt my throat out and didn't really know what I was doing. So I was quite <laughs> glad to have someone else to put a bit of the weight onto there, which is nice. Um, but yeah, he, he's always full of ideas and it worked in a really constructive way. Um, so he'd have a kind of a, a whole bunch of ideas, but then it would, they wouldn't necessarily go together, but then someone else would be able to piece them into one greater whole. And so at the same at this point, we then had four people who were really committed to, to being good musicians, all pulling in more or less the same direction in a really creative, um, fertile way. Um, and that, I think This Is A Fix was definitely a, a purple patch for us. I think that was the, the, the best record we did. Um, yeah, and it, it, we were experimenting a lot more then as well, swapping instruments and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, there was some pressure to kind of repeat the trick of Monster. Mm -hmm. um, I think we steve mcqueen was uh probably the closest we managed to that which did okay. quite well um but at the same time the record label were starting to pull support a little bit um mm. so it's kind of the way the industry works they'll sign 20 bands and they'll continue to support one after the, the first record mm -hmm. i think we're a bit of a victim of that um, i'm speculating slightly gotcha <laughs> gotcha but, uh, <laughs> um yeah that we didn't feel like they were pushing that record in the way that they should have done um, and without that marketing, it's it's very hard to kind of uh, keep the keep the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. That yeah, makes sure. sense. Yeah. We were, I mean, we were excited when that when that album came because we were following you guys uh, from when we first heard you. So when the music video dropped for Steve McQueen, we were pumped to hear the new album. And and yeah. when it finally came out, we we're like, this is even better than the first one. It they they've grown. You can tell you guys grew a lot. Yeah. Uh, in yeah, that time. Hugely. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much for saying that. I, I, I really appreciate that. Oh, um, you're very welcome. Yeah. We, we filmed that video in the States, actually. Uh, it was in the Nevada desert. The, uh, there's a huge airplane graveyard there. Okay. Okay. Um, so, I mean, that's a colossal expense for that video that we really didn't need to do. But hey, you know, the, the record label's going to fly us to the States. I'm not going to say no. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was, that was a really cool thing to do. Uh, you, any uh, like favorite uh, tracks from from the second album that you guys that you liked or even um, have liked to perform? 
The one I always think back on is, uh, well, there's a couple. Just, magazines should have been a single. Uh, Agreed. Yeah, that was our favorite song on the album. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I would have, I would have loved for that to, that to have been released. I think that was just uh, the perfect intersection of us doing something interesting musically, but it also being catchy as hell. Mm-hmm. Sort of peak, peak automatic, and that would that would have been um, that would have been brilliant. I think I'm convinced that would have done really well because no one can ever prove me wrong. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I can I can hold on to that fiction as much as I like. Um, I've got a real soft spot for Secret Police as well, just because I'm I'm quite pleased with my lyrics on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I just uh, I, I I always think back on that as kind of how I'd like to carry on writing lyrics. Um, mm. That kind of imagery and and using a certain framework to describe a thing. Um, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, uh, I was just gonna ask, like, uh, where did that uh, whole inspiration for Secret Police come from? So it was, it was just generically about the decline of a relationship. It wasn't particularly specific, um, although at some point I had broken up with a girlfriend, so it was probably <laughs> on my mind. Um, but it was just with the imagery of a totalitarian state, and I was just feeling. Uh, literary and very pleased with myself <laughs> so, um but yeah i think it just it just worked really well it came together really nicely and i was i was proud of that uh, yeah and it was a fun song yeah finally the yeah. mystery has been solved all these years i'm like man what is this song about <laughs> i always i did try to build in a little bit of ambiguity quite often because i quite mm-hmm. like that people can put their own uh, spin on lyrics and it's often a shame when you find out what it's actually about and it's not what you thought. So <laughs> it's better to, better to have fun speculating. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It is a lot of fun to speculate. <laughs> yeah. And then we move from like, uh, oops, this is a fix. And then we go on to tear the signs down. Yeah. So how did that all come about? Just a couple um, of years later. Yeah, it was a couple of years later. And we kind of, we kind of knew uh, it would probably be the last album. Mm. Um, or the last one before we had to go and get proper jobs at least mm. so, um so yeah at that point we uh, were out of our record deal and so we self-funded that with a grant from the welsh assembly and uh, they uh keen to go encourage welsh artists so i say self-funded the welsh the welsh government funded it <laughs> <laughs> um and, uh, and and we made it. And we didn't really have a lot of budget to to market it and promote it. So we did mm-hmm. we did tour it, but um, that was that was pretty much it. Um, which is a shame because I think we we were still slightly trying to sort of uh, make lightning strike twice and find another monster or something like that. Mm. Um, but again, we'd grown musically, and there were some really really interesting ideas. It, it wasn't as together as this is a fix, I don't think. But there was some some. We were trying things in a way that we hadn't been before, mm-hmm. um, so it, it was a shame just not to. See, it was a shame not to get to see where that could go, where we could have gone as musicians. But I mean, even then, the days of bands getting five album deals to kind of mature and write prog were long, long. <laughs> so wow. that's you know how it is. Um, so I suppose I suppose that's that's my regret about not being able to do it as much as anything else is not being able to see where it would have gone next mm-hmm. um that and it just sucked because making music gets into your blood and i still have to do it now uh i, I i'm sitting in a room full of instruments <laughs> <laughs> which you know they just aren't any directly behind me so right right i was gonna ask about that but later um but with sure. that final album yeah what was it like to be able to go into a studio 
and independently produce it as opposed to the previous album where it was probably where it was produced by you know a label and all that fun all that fun stuff yeah um it wasn't substantially different to be honest okay because uh, we uh, we were working with a local producer called rich jackson uh who we'd worked with before for a few tracks uh so we kind of knew what working with him was like actually he'd recorded demos because he, he was um uh had a relationship with our manager um so that wasn't anything new and we we recorded it in our manager's studio as well so i suppose it was just lower rent for the, <laughs> the previous uh, than the previous um uh recordings but that said i think we understood the process a lot more and we understood mm-hmm. technically uh what goes into making an album um and the layering of music that goes into it as well because there's there's so much in a given track that people don't tune into they'll hear mm-hmm. sort of guitar bass drums or whatever but there's tons of sprinkles and even things like the effect of adding a tambourine in the second verse to lift a track mm-hmm. uh we were much more acutely aware of that sort of thing i think um uh which is uh which is cool it, it changes the way you listen to music having gone through all that because you can hear all the tricks um mm-hmm. which is nice obviously we like going recording the first album we had no idea what we were doing uh the <laughs> um but we were much better musicians and i was a much better singer and sort of happier more confident with my voice as well so it's a different experience in some respects um i always struggle at writing lyrics though that usually happens kind of <laughs> if not on the day then close to it so. <laughs> and uh, what are some of your favorite tracks from, from that album as well um i'm gonna get the track list up and have a look <laughs> <laughs> While you're looking, what's uh, what were your, some of your favorite songs personally to perform on stage that you just felt like whenever, no matter how the performance itself was going, you felt like this yeah. was the song that, you know, no matter what, you guys killed it? Um, Light Entertainment was always pretty good uh, because it was just pretty heavy and you could dig into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in 7-8 time as well, uh, <clears throat> which screws up the audience when they're trying to jump along to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we played with that a lot as well. We stripped it back. So it, it was meant to be just straight in everything uh, on full distortion. Uh, but we, we stripped it back to the first verse. We'd just do vocals and a couple of very lightly strummed guitar chords and then hit in on the second verse. So it was really fun to sort of tease the audience with that uh, <laughs> and just play with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, let's have a look. Um, yeah, High Time, I think, was was a, a, a one of the most experimental tracks uh we've we've done uh that, that was uh on tear the signs down i think that was a really good example of us as playing with what we could do and using studios to their full extent i mean i i played the keys on that track uh, so we, i can't remember if anyone swapped around but it was in a period mm-hmm. where we were just trying more and more things and we were less tied to what we've been traditionally doing mm-hmm. so we were a band with I think I did I did most of the singing throughout, but it got to kind of sixty forty me and Paul by that point. Okay, um, that was a condition of him joining. He said, "I don't just want to be a second guitarist. I want to actually have a real uh, creative impact and, and sing and things like that." And we said, "Sure, because you're a really good singer." Stupid <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, so um, that one I, I'm quite fond of. Uh, it's 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 a strange album in some respects because half the tracks are sort of uh, trying to be pop songs, and then the other ones we were just going off on weird tangents, like "Race to the Heart of the Sun" is another one as well, where that was uh... strange ideas going on. Uh, really fun to to make, <laughs> <laughs> possibly slightly self-indulgent. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, glad you said that. That was my favorite track off that album. Oh, cool. <laughs> Racing Heart of the Sun. Like, if I want to blast something on a, on a cool summer day or a cool spring day, I'm like, race to the heart of the sun. Go. Nice. <laughs> you, you guys are doing horrendous things to my ego. <laughs> <laughs> so musically, what were some of your personal inspirations to play music and just to continue on for as long as you did? And even today, where, if you have any, uh, maybe yeah, even, um, yeah. I've always been a rock guy. Um, mm -hmm. We were listening when we first got together in our teens. We were listening to a lot of At the Driving, um, uh, so that's. I still love that sound, actually, kind of manic and high energy, and like at least one of the amps is about to explode. <laughs> 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 um, uh, yeah, and there was a band called Cube Temple Claws, who are British. Uh, Ruben, another British band. Um, quite they, they they kind of made a little bit of an impact over here and then stopped but they sort of proved to us that british bands could become big and become uh important things mm -hmm. and muse as well mm -hmm. we were on board from the first album with them um but I'm, I'm quite lucky in in terms of the musical education i've had i started playing flute when i was a kid uh and got I just basically never quit, so I got mm -hmm. uh, a bit of a classical music education from that. Um, and um, my, my, my family were always very encouraging of that. Well, I was uh, wondering how that how it came about, because so you guys covered uh, Gold Digger. Gold you Digger. Played the, yeah. yeah, you played the flute on that. Played I'm like, the flute. I was like, well, where did this come from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I played flute since I was about eight. I got to, I got to grade seven uh, and only didn't do grade eight, which is where it tops out before you go and study it full time mm. uh, because of school commitments but it was a strange thing because i didn't really have any particular affinity with it i just picked it when i was a kid and it was just something i always did mm -hmm. but the 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 musical education it gave me really rounded out the other side of things so i think knowing how to read music is, is super super valuable um I'd, I'd say that similarly there's something missing from your musical education if that's all you know how to do because i think picking up a bass and putting on yeah so it was like californication was a huge record for me uh, i learned to play bass partly from that uh, baptism of fire trying to cover, uh, cover flea, but, uh, <laughs> yeah yeah really <laughs> you know if you can pull it off you're in good stead so <laughs> um but learning training your ear by listening to records and pulling out the baseline learning to pull apart music is enormously valuable uh and then yeah learning to be in a band is another thing entirely i don't think you need to be a virtuoso to be a good member of a band mm. you have to you have to serve the song um so yeah I've, I've played with people who are technically brilliant guitarists but they they don't listen to what the other people are doing they don't sort of follow tempos so much mm -hmm. or remember structures of songs and it's it's um it's a different skill um yeah and what am i listening to you now uh still a lot of rock still a lot of that <laughs> driving to be honest but the um i uh, i've been listening to uh quite a lot of aesop rock um it's a rapper from new york Okay. Um, he's been around for quite a while I think uh, I saw this amazing chart uh, on Reddit of the vocabulary of different rappers um, and it's got sort of members of Wu-Tang and DMX right down the low end of the scale <laughs> like um, uh, and people complained about it because Aesop Rock wasn't on there and the guy explained well his vocabulary is so large that he would have broken the scale wow <laughs> he, <laughs> to the chart. he has to have a little squiggly line Aesop Rock <laughs> So I guess that's kind of what I'm into with, with, with rap is wordplay. And I'll put on um, Spotify and just kind of let the radios 
play and, and anything that's sort of connected to that is something I'll usually enjoy because um, I didn't really grow up with it and I think if you don't grow up with a certain kind of music it's a bit harder to pass when you're older but yeah. I, I just love the uh, I love the song craft and the, uh, and the, the, the lyric crafting um, of, of really thoughtful rap uh, I saw a guy called Open Mike Eagle as well um, playing Bristol and it, rap's a really great genre for discovering new artists because they all collaborate with each other in a way that doesn't happen in rock mm -hmm. so if you get a rap album there'll be like i don't know four collaborations or something it's like oh i like these three guys this is great <laughs> so i've got new, new material it's a sort of um self-propagating thing um besides that recently i've listened to loads of mariachi l bronx yeah i've seen them live right? we, we've seen them live yeah yeah oh, amazing yeah they opened for the bronx a few times really yeah they opened for the Foo Fighters the first time we saw them, like back in twenty ten, wow. I think. Yeah, it's two thousand ten. Yeah, that yeah, and yeah, they were awesome. We were like, yeah. "Whoa, these guys are great!" And we've been yeah. following them a little bit on and off since then. But yeah, I remember when I first heard they were going to do that as well. I was like, "This," I, 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 I had no idea what to expect. <laughs> yeah, it's going to go, you know. And it's, it's music from a different continent to me as well. So, I, <laughs> but yeah, I just loved it uh, and. Uh, keep going back to it time and again <laughs> but yeah recently i've been on a kick of that so. nice very nice um so a lot of so i don't listen to the radio a whole lot um i listen to no i play a lot of video games a lot of video <laughs> games and a lot of times that's how i get introduced to new music um so and rock band was a huge part of that as well because we we're huge fans of rock band the song Monster was in Lego Rock Band. <laughs> I've always been curious, do the bands or artists, um, at least um, on an, uh, at your level, because um, I don't know about like the bigger ones, but as far as in your experience, what was it? Did you have any say in that coming to Rock Band? Uh, did, did Harmonix come up and get contact you guys? How did that work out? Yeah, you always get a refusal with these kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we, we were asked, and if I remember that, rightly we did go to a launch event um which was pretty cool uh but uh i don't remember a great deal about it but yeah you always you always get asked before getting synced to something uh, especially like tv adverts as well mm -hmm. um and uh, i think we would have said a blanket no to anything political or anything like that but we, we turned down a few things that we probably shouldn't have done because they were worth loads of money but it was, <laughs> just, just didn't want the association mm -hmm. um so there was a, a bank that wanted to um uh change the lyrics uh yeah any lyrical change you have to ask permission as well um they wanted to change the lyrics to to, to monster and sing about mortgages or something like that <laughs> <laughs> and uh <laughs> that was despite being offered really quite a lot of money uh it was a really easy note so what was it i are, first of all are you a fan of rock band have you played it at all yeah, 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 I have, uh, and I really enjoyed it. Um, my sister is an avid devotee of rock bands. Uh, she, she basically learned to drum from that. <laughs> Although she doesn't really want to sit behind a real kit, she just wants to play more rock band. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Understandable. <laughs> I mean, you could probably yeah. see this is my drum set here. It's an electric kit, and I yeah. that's how I learned how to play drums was through rock band as well. Um, yeah, I think it's the only one that really translates. Uh, yeah. It's, it's really frustrating if someone can actually play guitar and bass. To, to not be able to play the rock band lines, uh, like playing Hysteria by Muse on Expert, um, just watching me pull faces because it's so <laughs> difficult. But I can actually play it in real life. It's easier to play on an actual bass than, than a rock band. <laughs> <laughs> 
it seems to be the the mantra a little bit is uh it's hard it's harder to play the game or uh the song in rock band than it is in real life there's just so yeah. so much going on <laughs> for sure and that might be okay if it actually taught you to play the guitar but it yeah, just yeah. <laughs> makes you smash up the plastic thing <laughs> <laughs> So what was it like to be listed among a bunch of other artists in Rock Band, uh, along with Monsters? Just what was that feeling like when you guys were, uh, when you finally saw it? A little bit of a fraud in that situation. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, you'd have to be pretty full of yourself to not not to. Um, Yeah, it's it's it's. uh, it's awesome to think of some of the lineups we've been on and see where some mm-hmm. of those bands are now and people who started out supporting us have gone on to bigger and better things which is is great it's it's fantastic things we've been a part of mm-hmm. um and with with monster we we've changed in a minor way we've changed culture because what's that coming over the hill is it a monster it's a thing that gets used in the press and media to this day with mm-hmm. various appalling things but <laughs> uh, <laughs> um uh you can't really take it in as a single human being uh, mm-hmm. The kind of magnitude of it we're not built for that i don't think um but yeah it's 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 an interesting observation though that you know if i feel like a fraud then presumably half the other bands on those lists do too and you mm-hmm. realize there's no there's no such thing as famous people you know they're just people who are famous right it's um uh it humanizes that world uh to to be a part of it um obviously <laughs> <laughs> um so even though the automatic isn't around anymore, are you still friends with those guys today? Or... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was best man for you and his wedding a few years ago. Nice. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, we. I mean, there's still kind of some business stuff going on now and then, so we we, mm-hmm. we have to email each other. But yeah, we do we we do chat occasionally, and we are still friends, which is which is really good. That's really um, good. So yeah, I mean, the reason we split up wasn't to do with falling out, which mm-hmm. is. Uh, now i think it's a good thing i think at the time it was frustrating because you thought well if we didn't want to do this anymore then it would kind of be all right that we were uh that this is coming to an end but um uh no i was i was, I was pretty cut up by it really um but uh yeah no we're, we're, we still get on really well and i haven't seen paul in a long time but <laughs> i know if you know if we met up we could have a pint and it would be fine um there's there's no hard feelings there's any good stuff which is great good really good fun. Because uh, that was something I'd always wondered about you guys. Like, I don't know. I hope they still like each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. We do. We get along. Good, we, good. Three of us lived in a house together for a long time. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That probably tested our relationship more than anything else. He's always a bad housemate. And it was me. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> if you can survive living together, you guys can survive anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah, yeah. It was easier on tour buses, though. <laughs> I could only carry a finite amount of stuff with me, so I couldn't leave it all over the bus. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> you couldn't wreck the, the, the tour bus like you could the apartment. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Talking about um, uh, discovering music through video games has reminded mm-hmm. me of a, a stupid idea that I want to pull off at some point. Um, I thought it would be amazing to have a covers band just play music from Tony Hawk's soundtracks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really want to do this. I figure, like... That would be the best millennial wedding band ever. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's a huge part of our childhood as well. I mean, the, the, mm-hmm. the Tony Hawk soundtracks, all of them, really. Yeah, yeah. Tony Hawk's 2 in particular. I just I played it to death, so I know all those songs inside <laughs> out. Like, yeah, Anthrax and Public Enemy, rocking. <laughs> <laughs> 
So personally, since we are a gaming channel, we should probably talk about some some video games yeah. at some point. <laughs> what's what's your relationship with, with gaming? Because like I said, I, I remember a vlog when you guys were making the second album playing Rock Band, and that's yeah. I'm like that's what inspired me to even try and reach out to you in the first place. <laughs> Um, I, I've always wanted to do more gaming than I've ended up actually doing. Basically. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, so my first, my first console was a, oh, it was a Master System, a Sega Master System, but I don't know what that's called in the States. It was uh, a Sega Genesis. Called... Yeah, Genesis. Okay. Oh, I thought that was the Mega Drive. Maybe it was. Ooh. Yeah. It was the it was the one before that. It was the eight bit console. Oh, before that. Okay. okay. So we were yeah. young when that came out. Like we were kids, okay. like little kids. Like I was maybe four or five. I was. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I could have gotten it mixed when up. I was, when I had one. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and that had Alex Kidd uh, built mm -hmm. into it. Uh, so that was my first, that was my first video gaming experience. Uh, and I can still, I could still probably write out the entire soundtrack to that right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you give me a pen and paper. Um, and then moving on. Yeah. So uh, then I had a Mega Drive. And then later on, I had the N64. And that was mm -hmm. basically the GoldenEye machine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which was amazing, and that was the the world of uh, killing your friends for fun, opening up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that yeah, that was really really cool, and Perfect Dark as well. Uh, mm, I've, mm -hmm. I've got some amazing memories of um, being at a friend's house in our teens, and uh, what was the what, what was the rocket launcher thing where you could slow down the rockets? Uh, oh, that. Uh, you could just it... chase people just to torture them. <laughs> <laughs> I only played Perfect yeah. Dark the the campaign because I didn't play it until oh, okay. much much later in life, so I never yeah. got a chance to play multiplayer. Right. Okay. But I know yeah. I know the weapon that you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. Because. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. That would be a thing. <laughs> Teenage boys being mean to each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that was that was fantastic. And then after that, I kind of uh, I think there's probably a bit of a gap until I ended up with an Xbox and. Uh, what was I playing on that? Halo. Mm -hmm. Lots of Halo with friends as well. Classic. I think, yeah, my, my best video game memories have always been with uh, with other people. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, yeah, it's funny that people kind of, well, a lot of the criticisms of gaming traditionally have been that it's antisocial and it's just, it's never been true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even to this day, I have friends that I made purely over the internet just from gaming and when I tell people, when I like go visit them in real life, they're like, how did you meet them? Are, are you sure you want to do that? I'm like, yeah, they're great. Don't worry. We're good friends. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Going and meeting strangers from the internet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Upsetting your parents. <laughs> uh, you yeah. met, when we were emailing back and forth and trying to get the interview set up, you had mentioned also you were building a, a gaming PC. Does it, yes. Is it up and running now? I'm using it right now. Oh, very nice. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I thought that would be appropriate. It, yeah. it is up and running now with surprisingly, I don't want to jinx it, surprisingly few, few teething problems. So I stayed up really late last weekend uh, putting it all together. And it's one of those things where you know, no kind of individual part of it's that hard, but the cost mm -hmm. of screwing it up is so high. Yep, yep, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's sort of, yeah. It's like that scene in Indiana Jones where he's got to swap the weights out as I'm putting the processor into the slot. <laughs> you just hope and pray that it all works when you press the power button. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hope, ho hoping not to hear a pop or smell burning silicon yeah. or something like that. But it was, really? uh, yeah, it, it's all worked. And there's been a couple of couple of minor teething problems, like getting Wi-Fi drivers and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. actually, it's kind of worked. And um, so the, the only thing I've started playing so far is um, Black Mesa. 
Yes. <laughs> um, so I didn't, I didn't PC game as a, as a kid or growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I played on that a bit at a friend's house. Well, Half-Life and just absolutely loved it. Oh, I did mm-hmm. actually, I tell you, like, I did, I did play Half-Life on the Xbox later mm-hmm. on. Um, but that was kind of that was with the orange box yeah um, yeah uh, collection of games yeah so half-life half-life 2 and portal um all fantastic loved all of them um yeah so i'm playing black mesa for the nostalgia really um just to see how high i can crank my graphics card <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all the way as it turns out it's fine and it, no, no problems uh running black mesa all the, all the way turned up all the way uh no so far unless there's you know more that i've missed <laughs> yeah uh yeah, it's, it seems it seems happy, and it's full of cool lights and stuff. So <laughs> Very nice. Uh, do, do you have plans on playing uh, any other games that you want to try and dig into now that you have a gaming PC? Yeah, my, my manager at work sent me a big list that I haven't read yet, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think he's he's quite keen to share for me back into the world of online gaming, which would be really nice. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I've got a couple of mates who play Counter-Strike quite regularly as well. So I'll just jump in with them and, and see what happens. <laughs> there you go. I mean, hey. I mean, gaming yeah. PC is really perfect for, you know, socializing, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's counterintuitive, but yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of promised myself I'll play something that isn't an FPS as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we are what a gaming happened? channel. We have plenty of games that we have reviewed that, that you maybe you're interested in. Yeah, I need to go back through your uh, your back catalog and have a listen. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, we, we mainly focus on, on independent video games, so it's trying to give voices to, to the little guys that maybe don't have somebody looking out for them, which is, yeah. so it's always really cool to, to talk with people, um, no matter their background. Um, there was one time I spoke with a musician who did the music for like The Sims and SimCity. Wow. And uh, I, I asked him, so what's your gaming background? He's like, I don't have it. I don't have anything. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. So. <laughs> Whether you play games or not, it doesn't matter because I've talked to plenty of people that are involved with video games that um, that don't play them, which is always, I mean, it is what it is, but it's always surprising to hear people's background. Yeah. I suppose you could you could see that perhaps as an advantage in that they have just zero preconceptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you might get something, something quite original out of that, but I know what the music for The Sims is like. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, that was kind of a surreal moment to be able to talk with them because of of that background because uh, I played a bunch of the Sims and SimCity back in the day and yeah. it was just really cool to talk to them about that stuff too but you could do a whole episode about the things people did to their Sims oh yeah for <laughs> sure oh, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't go there <laughs> did you uh, um, so so what does a retired rock star do when they're not <laughs> in a band at the moment well yeah uh, <laughs> I'm, only re- I'm only retired from, from being in a rock band and right. not retired unfortunately um, yeah, we would have had to have written a, a few more monsters to be able to stop working. Uh, gotcha, but, gotcha. Uh, I I went to university after after the band uh, wound up because I I had I'd always been quite academic and I had mm-hmm. unfinished business basically. I needed to finish education in my own head, and I did computer science. And um, oh, cool. I'm a, I'm a programmer now. I'm a developer, um, which is super fun at the moment. I changed job last year, and I just adore the company I work for. It's 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 so much fun and. Um, uh, it's a really fascinating group of people. I work with geniuses and people mm-hmm. who've done amazing things with their lives. And it's a really inspirational place to work. It's, it's honestly given me a, uh, a new lease on life in some respects. But um, yeah, I'm always I'm always doing something. I always mm-hmm. have projects on the go. Um, in the last year, I've learned to build guitar pedals. 
So oh, getting cool. soldering iron out and doing things like that and burning my fingers. But <laughs> up with working guitar pedals, ugly but working guitar pedals, <laughs> uh, things like that. I've um, learned a couple of languages in the last ten years as well. Uh, I just I, I love learning things and, mm-hmm. and, and being exposed to new ideas and, and having hobbies. Um, mm-hmm. That keeps me sane. I'm I don't relax by relaxing, uh, and I don't do well just sitting in front of the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so my partner and I have to kind of negotiate when we're going to watch TV together. <laughs> uh, but we, yeah, we're managing that. It's, that's going okay. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I stay busy. <laughs> that's <laughs> Which good. is good now. It's good when we're stuck indoors. It's, uh, it's, it's hard on everyone, I think. But it's better when yeah. we Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just lost my thought. But being a programmer, have you thought about making your own game? Yeah, and that was something I had to go out in high school with a different group of friends. They had uh, a piece of software called Games Factory they used. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, yeah, I did some like basic side-scrolling stuff, super basic. Um, mm-hmm. But that was really, really fun. Um, it, I, I've never particularly been drawn towards the idea of uh, making a game, to okay. um, I, I sort of I chose computer science. I mean, there were some mercenary reasons, like, yeah, there's, there's plenty of work in that field. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's not dry up anytime soon, because <laughs> everything is computers. But um, uh, it, it's the problem-solving aspect of it, really, and the kind of intellectual challenge I was drawn to. Um, mm-hmm. Less so the end result. And I think the fact that it can, it can, as I said, just everything is computers. So you can mm-hmm. kind of work in any sector with computer science right. to any, any other thing. Um, so it's a pretty flexible... Uh, a flexible degree it's it's um it was sort of meant to be a holding pattern really while i worked out what i wanted to do with my life but i quite enjoy mm-hmm. it <laughs> <laughs> that's good yeah <laughs> um so how do you keep the creative juices flowing you say you keep you have a bunch of hobbies what are examples of some of those hobbies that help you keep those creative juices flowing um well music's still a huge one um mm-hmm. since so i live in bristol now which is kind of the next city over from cardiff and uh, I, uh, since I've lived in Bristol, I've had piano lessons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's something that's, that's just an instrument I've always wanted to, to be good at, um, but never given much time. I've always been able to kind of knock out a few chords, but I realized mm-hmm. if I was going to progress properly, I needed a teacher. So that's been really fun. And that's, that's opened up uh, a discovery of classical music as well. Mm-hmm. It turns out Chopin's amazing. Oh, yeah. You, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I'm kind of not answering your question at all. Um, uh, yeah, so, so, so music's a thing that just kind of leaks out of me and I always mm-hmm. have ideas and turning them into fully fledged songs is a different story, but I'll always be doing that and, and finding, finding the time honestly is the hard thing. Mm-hmm. I kind of set myself a challenge at the beginning of this year to try to make an album, at least of demos within the year. Um, I, I probably won't do that. I just don't think there's the hours in the day, but, right. uh, I should have a chunk of songs, which would be nice. Um, and then other than that, yeah, just, just, uh, any little thing that I feel like trying, like, mm-hmm. uh, I was just l- learning to work leather for, for the hell of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, um, yeah, so I made a belt and I've been, uh, carving a design into that. Oh, cool. Um, just anything and everything. Um, yeah, making the, making the guitar pedals, uh, is another thing. Um, I, I've started a lot of stories as well. I enjoy words and, and writing, mm-hmm. um. Uh, I haven't finished many of them, <laughs> but uh, it's things like that that just keep me going. Um, a lot of these things I don't really do for the end result, to be honest. I just do it to, to keep myself busy because I enjoy the mm-hmm. process. 
Um, I should try and finish something, though. That's quite a big weakness. <laughs> I saw on your Twitter uh, your parody of The Raven that you wrote. Oh, amazing. I thought that was kind of, kind of fun. I'm like, how did he write that? That's really cool. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah. I just um, I, w I went through the Raven and used that as a scaffold and started mm -hmm. changing more and more of it. So I mean, like half of it's still a Graham Poe. So right, <laughs> maybe take partial credit. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I just thought that was really cool. I'm like, because uh, you're not super active on Twitter. I've noticed like recently since no. the like the quarantine, you've been a bit more active though. But yeah. Um, so I'm like, I wonder what he's been up to. And then that when you uh, drop that, I'm like, ah, that's really cool. Um, so and you're writing. Uh, is is very unique and, and it's just creative. It's just something that's just like wow. That's I would have never thought to have done something like that. Thank you very much. You're I, welcome. Yeah, that's really nice mm. to hear. Um, yeah, Twitter, I used to use Twitter quite a lot, but this was like ten years ago, and mm -hmm. I just sort of fell off it. And I I need to get back into it. I think it's a good. It's slightly brutal, but it's quite a good way of engaging with the world. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 And I mean. I don't know what your politics are, but I guess you'd agree that things are pretty crazy yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. So, yeah um, so it's a really good way to stay abreast of that as well. I've been much more interested, uh, well, especially since the election here in December, mm -hmm. uh, which didn't go the way I would have liked. <laughs> Sorry to hear uh, that. So yeah, so that, at that point, I kind of made a promise to myself that I would try to get more involved and be more active in that sphere. Um, yeah, I need to use Twitter more. Uh, which is something I haven't heard anyone else say. So, yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm mostly a lurker on Reddit, though, which is kind of mm -hmm. good for all the hobbies and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it really yeah, is for sure. Yeah. Mindless entertainment too. So. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Reddit is something that I find hard to get into, um, but I try. But I'm, I don't know. It's, it's easy for me to lurk, but not engage on Reddit for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You have to check yourself. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> otherwise you'll end up in a futile argument that, that will just leave everyone feeling worse and achieve nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fun. Oh, man. Now, do you find yourself uh, playing any of your old songs from the automatic? Uh, just maybe when you're chilling or mm. feel like you got to yeah. get something out? I haven't, I haven't done that in a long time, actually. I think I did. Oh, I might have done something. I'm, can still just about remember Raul, so I think I've done okay. that occasionally, but really occasionally, I just uh, I work on new stuff or ideas mm -hmm. I've, I've got or covers um, just to try and expand what I can do. Sure, I was a bassist in the automatic and I've always been able to like play a few chords on the guitar, but I wasn't mm -hmm. really a guitarist. But since uh, since that ended, I picked up the guitar a lot more mm -hmm. because obviously with an acoustic, it's that's all you need, and mm -hmm. so I can just have one lying in the corner of the room and go to it without any extra fuss. Whereas it's not a lot more effort to go and plug a bass into an amp, but it's just enough to, to, to put you off. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah, so I've become much more of a guitarist. Um, uh, there's a few massive things that I haven't mentioned in this interview that they're like, uh, I can't believe. So we've already talked about music, but my right. favorite band is Clutch. Okay, I can see you wearing their shirt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is one of three. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I absolutely adore Clutch. It's, there's so much fun and uh, such amazing energy. Um, but I was learning, I learned to play The Regulator uh, by them, uh, which has got nice fingerpick guitar at the beginning. So that was kind of uh, a fun way to push me into something else. So that's something I play quite a lot at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, generally new stuff. I don't tend to okay. look back very much. Um, 
I probably should. <laughs> so I don't have to, you know, Google the track list to my own album. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all good. I, I mean, I was just curious if, if, you know, if maybe, I don't know, just for nostalgic reasons, you just kind of just want to be like, yeah, maybe I should just sit down and play for a second. I, I probably will, actually, after this. I'll probably okay. have a think uh, and see if I can just remember anything. Fair enough. <laughs> Partly my voice is a bit rusty these days as well. <laughs> I... Do your do your workmates know that you were in a band? Do they do they, oh, yeah. do they listen to the song back in the back in the day? I guess it's a good thing to put on your resume. Oh, I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> that might help a little bit. Yeah, I'm fully aware of that. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they do they do know, and it's kind of a it's it's a novelty for a bit, and, mm -hmm. and by and large, it just kind of uh, stops being interesting. After Fair enough. Which yeah, good, which is good. I <laughs> I don't lead with it though. I don't. For sure. I, I, I'm happy to talk about it, but I always want to be judged on me first. Um, I know that's completely so, understandable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can be you can be sure if you haven't mentioned it, you know, mm -hmm. and then you do mention it, and someone changes. It's it's uh, it's quite a good litmus test of a person's <laughs> character. True, <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah, they all know. Um, yeah, I keep trying to have a jam with a few of my colleagues, and they, they just can't get it together. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Especially not now. Especially right now, yeah. Now we're all stuck in doors. That's all I have, Don Donovan. Unless you have more questions you want to ask. Uh, no, none have come to mind. I've, I've uh, pretty exhausted my questions. Uh, cool. We've gone through a lot of stuff, actually. Well, Rob, is there anything you, else you want to say or mention? So, yeah, I mean, I, I can't believe I didn't mention it, but I think oh, sure. Skyrim was probably the game that had... Oh, my gosh, yes. That's... ...impacts on me full stop. <laughs> I yeah. basically lived in Tamriel when I was finishing my degree. <laughs> it was work Skyrim, work Skyrim. <laughs> I, that's, I, know, I know exactly that feeling, because we were in college when that game came out, and that's that's all it was, was college, go, go to college, do schoolwork, and play Skyrim as much as possible. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did. I very much did. <laughs> hey. And uh, any project? I haven't seen in a while. <laughs> right. uh, I'll say on Steam now, they have a uh, an HD version of it too. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing to get in right now, but uh, yeah, but yeah, it's on there and I have it. And it's, it looks gorgeous. It looks even it's better really now. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd, ne I'd never see my girlfriend again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> dear. Yeah. Uh, so do you have any uh, projects currently going on? You had mentioned that you're kind of sort of getting through another album, trying to get some songs put together. Yeah. Um, I've, a few people have come up on Facebook and said, do you want to do a musical collaboration? I've said yes to all of them. And then I decided to replace the PC I used to make music, the newer ones. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I've got to uh, uh, get that back up to speed and get mm -hmm. the software on there and find a few plugins and stuff like that. Um, pretty quickly <laughs> yeah. start recording things so yeah um uh, someone wants a bass line someone wants a guest vocal that kind of thing mm -hmm. it's, it's it's just great to still be asked and be able to collaborate with people like that uh, and i think it, especially now just staying busy is the important thing yeah <laughs> not, not thinking about things too much <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure if someone because of this interview were to approach you say hey would you like to do the music for our game would you say yes uh, yeah, I would. I would. I think there's a bit of a leap between saying to, to friends, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, sure, I'll do this for you, and, and then going up to something where someone might have deadlines. Yeah, 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 <laughs> for sure. Uh, but I'd love to do it. I really would. I'd, I'd love to do that or, or, or work on a soundtrack for a film or something like that. I think what an incredible opportunity that would be. Um, 
because yeah with with film and games i suppose it sets the emotional context mm-hmm. for what you're doing oh yeah so it's a different way of thinking about music and a different way of writing and potentially a totally different style for me as well mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I would love to i'd i'd think about it very hard the only issue would be whether i could honestly commit the time <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah i i can say that you know when it comes to games, um, there's this one game in particular called Celeste. It's newer. It's a 2D platformer. Um, and the, the game itself deals with uh, like mental health and depression and things like that. Right. Even though the story is that good, it's the music that really carries it to the next level. So, yeah, music for sure has a huge impact on 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 how good a game can be. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, for sure. Yeah. At the very least, it tells you when a boss battle's coming up. Oh, yeah, for sure. And when you need to <laughs> <Yeah>. save. <laughs> you got the save point. You got the last minute health. Yeah. Like the potions and stuff. And then the musical <laughs> cue. <laughs> yeah, every time. <laughs> well, Rob, it's it's been a pleasure to speaking with you for the past hour or so. And it's I, flown by. It has really yeah, flown it by. Has flown by. <laughs> I can't thank you enough for, for coming on. My yeah, pleasure, honestly. Sure. Thank you. Thank you for asking me. You, you're you very welcome. For anyone out there listening that wants to reach out to you, how can they find you on the internet? I'll try and look at Twitter a bit more. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I am I am Rob underscore Hawkins on Twitter. Um, and that's probably the best way of getting in touch. Okay. Yeah. All right. You heard it here, mm-hmm. folks. Uh, Rob, is there anything else you'd like to mention before we, before we close out? Um... So, hope all your listeners are keeping safe and well and staying busy and mm-hmm. reach out to each other um, because people don't always say when they're feeling bad. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, mental health is uh, the cornerstone of your well-being. So look after yourselves. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for that, especially in these in these current times. And I think those words ring true no matter what word you're going through, uh, <laughs> whether a, a pandemic or not. True. <laughs> well... That's all we have for, for today. And as always, have a rad day.